1: a happiness expert, and the host of a weekly entertainment TV show called The Steps to Happiness Show with Teresa Greco. She's a three-time best-selling author, the editor and senior writer at two Canadian lifestyle magazines, an editor and educational technologies consultant with a master's degree from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and a Reiki master. Welcome, Teresa, and thank you so much for joining us to talk about self discovery, particularly happiness and your approach to it. Thank you so much for having me today. My pleasure. Would you give us a little background and tell us about your personal happiness journey?
0: Thank you. Basically, my story happened about uh, 10 years ago, where approaching 40 was that crossroad in my life that had me asking some important questions had me reflecting on the life that I was living, and whether I was happy living the life that I was. Through the asking of those questions, I discovered that I wasn't happy and that although my life checked off all the boxes that society, culture, family, religion tell you that you should achieve in order to have a happy life, I was not. I had a very successful career uh, and fulfilling career. Beautiful, healthy family and children, our own home, vacations a year, cars in our driveway, lots of beautiful material things. So how is it that I had achieved all of those things, but yet felt unhappy and unfulfilled and as if there was something missing in my life? Some of the questions that I was asking was, am I happy living the life I'm living? Can I imagine living the same life for the next 40 years? Is this all there is to life? Many of us live our life on autopilot where we just get up in the morning, we do the same thing in the same order every single day. And for me, it was like if I had arrived at half my life at that point, it was asking, is this all there is to life? And that although I had achieved a whole bunch of beautiful things and I was involved in a whole bunch of different work opportunities and lots of education and certification behind all of that, saying that maybe if I could only be more, I could do more for others. And then I could fill this void. Inside of me that didn't make sense, as I said, because my life checked off all the boxes. And it was really me turning 40, and some people might call it a midlife crisis. It wasn't a crisis per se, but it was an opportunity for me to take that step back and evaluate the life that I was living. And in that evaluation, I realized that I needed to make changes. And it's through the principles and practices that I now speak, write and coach about that I was able to realize that the happiness that I was searching for outside of myself and outside in my environment and in my people and in my possessions, positions, titles, degrees, relationships, experiences, that this is where we believe happiness resides outside of us in all of those things. And that's where I was searching for it, because we're conditioned to believe that it's outside of ourselves was really inside of me the whole time. And that it was only until I began to connect with a part of myself that I wasn't connecting with before, that I now know that our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self, that when we're connecting and communicating with all parts of ourselves, that we're able to feel whole and complete, and that something is missing in my life was that It was a part of me that was missing. And it was only until I went inward, was I able to connect with that part of myself. And in the process of doing that, did I discover a whole bunch of things about me that I didn't know about because I was so concentrated on looking outside of me. And many of us are, we're all looking outside of ourselves for answers, looking outside for fulfillment, looking ourselves for success, for, you know, happiness. Happiness is the one universal thing that if you ask everybody on the planet, what is it that would complete your life, it would just be that we would want to be happy, who wants success, and then but still not happy, who wants a relationship, but then they're still not happy, who wants a home, but they're not happy, who wants vacations, but they're not happy, like all of these things that we could possibly want and desire at the base level of it, we are hoping that it's going to make us happy. But happiness, again, isn't found outside of ourselves, it's found within us. And my view on happiness is that happiness is our essential nature. It's who we really are, that when we are born into this world, we are love, peace and happiness. But the world takes us away from that and has us feeling lots of other emotions. But when you know that you are happiness at your core, then all it means is that we have to make time to connect with that happiness that's always there inside of us to feel. It's not something I have to work towards. It's not something I have to gain. It's not something I have to earn. It's not something that I have to be worthy of. It's none of those things. It's who I am. If I'm not feeling happy, then it means that I'm not doing the things that I need to in order to tap into that happiness. The principles and practices that I share now are about those ways that we can connect back with the happiness that we are and the ways
1: that we can do that. That sounds terrific, Teresa. I was thinking as you were talking about a lot of what I talk about in choice theory is about externally blaming other people for our lack of happiness. I'm wondering if that's something you were doing or that you see in other people.
0: I would say the worst statement around that is having someone say to you, if only you were different, I'd be happier. If right. only you did more of this, I'd or you be happier. change. If you change, yes. I can be happy. That is the worst thing to say, but a lot of us do that. And I said that with my partner too, if only you were more affectionate. I'd love you more. If only you were more giving, if only you gave more of your time or your affection or your help around the house or all of these things, then maybe I'd love you more. But the love that I was really looking for was the love for myself that I wasn't showing myself and that I wasn't loving myself at all. And that many of us are not loving ourselves the way that we need to. At the base of everything, I believe self love is the core of it that as I said, we are love, peace and happiness, happiness and love are very much tied together that when we are feeling love, or loved, then we feel happy in those moments. So love and happiness are very much tied to that. When we go inward, and we're able to connect with the love inside of us, then it changes everything, it changes the way we are, the way we feel towards ourselves, the way we act in the world, and it changes the way we interact with other people that when we are happy, when we are loved, we only want that for other people, we only exude that with everyone that we interact with. If we look at law of attraction, and the vibration and the energy that we're giving out, we actually are a magnet for those same things. I find now that I'm surrounded by many people that are loving and that are happy and do a lot of the same work that I'm doing and believe in a lot of the same things, because I'm also sending that frequency out that energy out that's also attracting that same thing. And then it becomes very easy to be this signal of love and happiness outwards because you're attracting it and it's just this beautiful cycle.
1: It sounds great. I'm imagining that happiness comes from looking inside and not blaming people outside for your lack of happiness. So that whole external view comes in both looking for happiness outside as well as assigning blame outside. I like what you're talking about. What are some misconceptions that you know about happiness?
0: Some of the misconceptions I would say are the ideas of where happiness is found. We're conditioned to think that it's outside of us and found in our possessions, our positions, our titles, degrees, relationships, experiences. In our experiences, that happiness is a journey and that we will acquire happiness after we do maybe a whole sequence of things. So I won't be happy until I pay off my mortgage, I won't be happy until I find that perfect relationship, I won't be happy until I go on that vacation, I won't be happy until I finish my degree, I won't be happy. So it's like this process of working towards this goal of happiness, not recognizing that happiness is here now. Happiness is found in the present moment. And this idea that we have to pursue happiness, right? The idea of, you know, how can we achieve more happiness in our life? And the pursuit of happiness goes to that, you know, common statement that we're there actively trying to find it instead of following it from within ourselves, searching for happiness is different than following your happiness. Following your happiness is that you're tapped into it and you're allowing it to guide you in the life that you're living and guiding you in where you see happiness as a compass, that happiness guides you towards the person you're supposed to be in the life that you're supposed to be living. That is what following our joy means. And that leads us to the life that we wanted to live versus pursuing happiness or searching for happiness or trying to find it outside keeps happiness always away from you. And it's something that you have to earn, something that you have to be worthy of. A lot of people think they can feel happy after they've done a whole sequence of things and they've maybe achieved a level of success. And at that point, they can find happiness. But the biggest predictor of happiness in the future is how happy we can be now research shows that actually when we achieve the goals that maybe we've set out for us that we might feel good for three days and then after the happiness feels like it's gone Mm. and it's because that type of happiness is more pleasure that is you know these situations that happen that align in a certain way and we feeling amazing it's like that we go on vacation we feel amazing then we come back and then reality sets in again and the happiness feels gone happiness is never gone It's that we're not taking steps to connect to the happiness inside of us. I see happiness as a two-sided coin. One side of it is if we're not feeling happy, there could be blocks that are preventing us from feeling the happiness that's inside of us. And the other half is, are we making time to connect to the happiness that's within us? And many of us are not. I know now that I, when I'm learning the ways that my body communicates to me, my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self communicate to me all the time and me learning language of how it's speaking to me and being perceptive and understanding the messages that it's constantly giving me about myself and the life that I'm living. On a mental level, many of us rationalize things instead of asking ourselves how we feel. If we asked ourselves, how do I feel about this situation versus how do I think we would maybe make different choices? How do I feel leads me to the life that I'm supposed to be living? What do I think about this situation will rationalize me out of situations that are not good for me, but then maybe they make me more money. So I'm going to continue to like stay in this mm-hmm. job that's really not making me happy. I'm going to stay in this relationship where I feel disrespected and dishonored, but it's okay. They're having a bad day. Oh, it's okay. It's my best friend. Things aren't going well in her life. I'm just going to go ahead and take this constant abuse in some cases by asking ourselves, how do I feel if it doesn't feel good, then we should be responding to that and using our mind, our brain to figure out a way to honor our heart. And we don't, we often honor our brain over our heart that our heart doesn't feel good about a situation, but our mind will say it's okay, because we make a lot of money at this job. It's okay, because I'm married. It's okay, because she's my friend. It's really not okay. Mm -hmm. And when we start to honor this, and then use our brain to figure out, you know what, this job, it really isn't serving me, maybe I should go and see if I can find something else that does that can still provide me with the lifestyle I want, but might be at a different company. The way the universe works is that the situation is probably really, really negative, because it's trying to send you signs to say you really shouldn't be here, it's time for you to leave that when those doors are closing, we should allow them to close and trust that doors will open for us that will serve us a lot better than the situation we're in. But we don't, we often just put our heels in and stay in situations that don't make us happy.
1: Yeah. I love that you talk about that combination of heart and head because the heart gives us the signal and that's what we have to pay attention to. And then we have to use our brain to tell us what is the next step? What do I need to do? Rather than ignoring that emotion or that feeling. I think many people that I do coaching with, they do that all the time. They try to rationalize their way through things or they're scared. When you talk about this job isn't serving you, just leave. And people are like, "Ah, oh, I can't do that. They don't have the trust in the universe that the doors will open for them. And so they stay stuck. And it's really sad to watch that. I'm sure you see that as well. You can see the possibilities of where this mm-hmm. person could go if they could just let go and mm-hmm. explore and trust and see what the universe has in store. That's just exciting to me to think about mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. What are some of the principles and practices you think lead to true inner happiness?
0: There are many, but I have the top five that I usually like to share. The top five, they're simple things. Like I think we think that it has to be complicated. It's actually not that complicated because it's really connecting with our essential nature with who we really are. And so my first practice is meditation. Meditation is that gateway practice that helps us to connect with that part of ourselves that we don't usually connect with our spiritual self that we are in touch with our physical, mental and emotional self but not so much of our spiritual self and meditation is one of those practices that can help us to go inward to connect with that part of us, it manages to clear our mind enough so that we can hear that voice inside of us. And so that voice is that intuition, that gut instinct, that I like to call it that inner magic that our superpowers are found in that spiritual self, And when we can quiet the mind enough to actually hear that little voice, that voice gets louder. I've been working at being able to hear it not only when I'm meditating, but in my everyday life, when I get that whisper of my intuition to say, hmm, Just to pause and say, what is it saying to me about this? Or if I have set an intention to try to find information or look for an answer to something, I really try to be cognizant of that little voice, that intuition that's saying, hmm, click on this, hmm, open this page. Oh, what's this website? Oh, what's this email? Oh, what's this phone call? It's being open to those little urges that we get inside of us that often we're like, oh, no, it's okay. I don't have time for that. Or we don't hear it at all. And meditation helps us to learn what that little voice is, because the more that we tap into it, the louder it gets. And we understand that it's providing us a guidance that we can't find outside of us. That again, we're conditioned to ask everybody else what we should do. What do you think about this? What do you think I should do about this? Where should I go? How do you feel about this? Instead of really just asking ourselves, because the answer is inside of us. What we're looking for is already inside of us. But if we don't make time to go inward to find those answers, then we're going to maybe continue to look outside of ourselves instead of asking our higher self. Meditation is one of those practices that helps us to connect with our spiritual
1: self. I love that. So, what would you say to people who have tried meditation multiple times and just can't seem to get into the groove? I am a meditation
0: coach as well. Meditation takes many different forms. When I get that response, it's that people aren't maybe familiar with all the different forms meditation can take, or they have this vision of what meditation is supposed to be like. You're in a quiet place. You are on the ground with your legs folded and your fingers like on top of your knees. And now you have to sit there for one hour (laughs) (laughs) in complete silence and humming. There's a whole bunch of different ideas or stereotypes of what meditation looks like, let's say. And really, we can meditate in a variety of different places, but even in the form of action. So even we can tap into that when we're exercising when we're in the zone, when we're actually doing something like, let's say, cooking, or walking in nature, or when it's just we're looking inward instead of looking outward. And so it doesn't have to necessarily be in perfect silence. It doesn't have to be an hour long, right. that it can just be like a minute, two minutes, three minutes, that if you're feeling overwhelmed at work, that going into the washroom and going into a stall and just sitting there and breathing and concentrating on the breath on in and out, long inhales, long exhales, that that in itself, just concentrating on the breath, the inhaling in the, that that is also a form of meditation that you're outside of the mind at that And all of the things that you have to do and your worries and your doubts and your rejections and your upsets and all of those things, and just centering yourself enough to be here in the present moment and just doing that. It doesn't have to be this long hour thing. There are so many resources out there now, apps and videos on YouTubes and coaches and courses available to help you to get started. I went to a meditation center. Luckily, it was close by my home. My journey was that I had gone to a medium and said, I would really like to hear from God, God said to me, you need to meditate. This was 10 years ago, I didn't know what to do. I went to a meditation center, they said, we have a meditation circle once a month, you can come, we'll help you to get started. And basically that, (laughs) then I've never looked back. So looking for guidance as well, that don't just say, Oh, I can't do it, we can all do it. It's just maybe finding a form of it that works for us. And so guided meditations is also one of my favorites, especially if I'm finding a hard time of calming my mind because I've got so much going on. The mind works like that. It's that machine that really never shuts off, even when we're asleep, right? Even when it's dreaming, it's always working. It's exhausting when you think about how it never turns off. But this is what it does. And it's keeping us alive. So it has that purpose. When we're trying to sit there and be still, it can be very, very difficult to calm the mind. So guided meditations provide a storyline that you can follow and visualize there are themed ones that are also great. So there could be ones around sleeping, if you're having a hard time sleeping, or letting go or forgiveness, or connecting with your guardian angels or your higher self or whatever it is that you're looking for. There are themed ones as well. And those are great because it gives you a storyline to follow with your mind. And then that can help to take you away from all of your day to day thinking.
1: I love that. Thank you. What are some of the others? You said you have five. Self love is my second
0: one. Self love is us loving ourselves unconditionally just as we are and understanding that we are whole and perfect just as we are. Nothing needs to change. We don't need to be different. And that was hard for me, understanding that I didn't need to be different, that I didn't need to change, that I was my worst critic instead of my greatest cheerleader. When we think of how our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self speaks to us, self, when we love ourselves, we honor ourselves in all those different ways. So, mentally, I realized that I was not loving myself when I said horrible things to myself, that I was never skinny enough, never pretty enough, never athletic enough. I wasn't enough of a lot of different things. And these were all beliefs that I took in through the living of my life from very, very young and a lot from well meaning people, our families educators, spiritual leaders that tell us things about the world, and then they become ingrained beliefs within us about ourselves in the world. But a lot of them are not serving us. We say because of how our brain works, we say those same things on repeat about ourselves on a mental level, that a lot of the limiting beliefs that I had about myself, a lot of the self sabotaging beliefs I had about myself, I began to wake up to when I started to love myself that I said, that doesn't make sense if I am love, why would I say that to myself? Why would I treat my body in that way? So on a physical level, we begin to love ourselves differently, that we want to nourish our bodies with good food and healthy liquids, because we love ourselves so much that we're not going to mistreat our bodies by eating foods that are processed or fast foods with a lot of bad oils and all these other things that we want to honor physically the temple that our body is by nourishing it and keeping it healthy healthy. And then emotionally, I was tapping into that love that's inside of me that meditation helped me to tap into that if we are love, peace and happiness, meditation allows you to tap into that then you feel the peace that's inside of you. You feel the love that's inside of you and you feel the happiness that's inside of you. That's why meditation is so powerful. But then that leads me talking into one of my other top steps would be mindfulness and being present and living in the now. Mindfulness allows us to be present and to be in the now moment so that we can feel the love, we can feel the happiness, we can feel the peace that's inside of us. They're all work together because they are all nourishing and connecting with all parts of ourselves all the time. Self-love helps us to love all aspects of ourselves. When we are loving ourselves, then we are open to the love of others. Our capacity to even love or be loved by others also is determined by how much we love ourselves. I was in that place, many of us feel very alone, feeling that we're not loved. And I was searching outside of myself for love my entire life in my different relationships, looking for that love, not recognizing I was love already. Right. And right. it was only until I tapped into that was I able then to really receive the love from others. At the base of it, it always goes down to that is like, how can we connect and nurture all aspects of ourselves so that we can tap into that love, peace and happiness
1: that's always there? Yeah, I like that. You talk a little bit about gratitude, too. Can Mm -hmm. you say more about that?
0: gratitude is directly correlated with happiness directly. And so the more grateful we can be for our lives, the happier we will feel the practice of being grateful and showing gratitude immediately increases our energy and our vibration. And love is the highest vibrating emotion gratitude is exactly up there with love so as soon as we can start practicing gratitude we immediately raise our vibration gratitude is one of those things that when we're feeling frustrated we're feeling angry if we can immediately in that moment even use gratitude as a strategy it pulls us out of that and immediately starts to raise our vibration so a strategy that you could use is could place a picture on your phone or a picture in your wallet of something that immediately reminds you of your gratitude and happiness. So it could be a picture of your family, for example, to say, Oh, my goodness, I'm so grateful for my children. I'm so grateful for the home that we live in. So grateful for my partner, I'm so grateful for my pet, whatever it could be that immediately pull you out and into practicing all of those different things that you're grateful for. And then you'll notice immediately that your energy starts to change, your mood starts to change, and that you start feeling better. And it can be that very, very cool that strategy that pulls you from anger and frustration into feeling better, or when you're feeling depressed and down to immediately feeling better, but we're conditioned again, to look at the negative things what is not going right in our life (laughs) and in the world that we can be upset and miserable about. There's this commonality, right? At the water cooler at work that people gather around not to talk about all the amazing things that's happening. It's all what's all the negative things, what pissed you off about your boss, about your colleagues, about your partner, about your kids, on and on this commiserating I hate it. I would just like, I totally disassociate with all of that. I'm actually a consultant at my works where I'm never in the same place and never with the same people because then I don't have to like be around this culture of negativity. Instead of us talking about those things, if we were to talk about the good things that are happening, and that that only invites more of the good to come into your life. So if When you start to practice gratitude, it becomes a habit where I'm actually grateful all day long. And as soon as I notice that I'm starting to think negatively, I'm like, oh, I'm just not looking at this the right way. I immediately go into my gratitude to say, oh, this is actually not that bad because I have all of these amazing things that are going for me the coffee that I love to drink, the job that I get to go to the warmth of my home, the coat that I have to put on my family, the tea that I love to drink, like it's on and on and on. And it's all the little tiny things that actually add up. It's not like you have to wait again for that vacation in order for you to, <laughs> to be happy that You can be happy today by enjoying all the little steps that you're taking towards that vacation. So yes, you're going to feel great on vacation, but wouldn't it be great if you felt good every day while working towards that vacation in what you're doing To make us feel better, it's great to think about all the amazing things that are happening in our life, but gratitude to go even deeper with that practice is being grateful for all the things that are not going well and to find a lesson in those things. So that's a whole nother podcast that we could do (laughs) together is on gratitude to be able to understand that it's not only about the good things, but it's, it's about the bad things
1: as well. Right. We've covered meditation, self-love, gratitude, being in the now. What is the fifth? It's following your bliss. Uh, so I, 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 following your bliss
0: versus searching for happiness. So following right. your bliss is, under, is knowing what those blissful activities are for you. So I have like a happiness toolkit and my toolkit has all of the different things that I know help me to tap into the happiness that's inside of me. It's important to differentiate that it's not the activity that provides you with the happiness is that the activity helps you to tap into the happiness that's already inside of you. For example, hanging out with friends with the pandemic, people like, well, I can't do events, I can't hang out with family, I can't do this, I can't, I can't do a lot of different things is that happiness is not in the things. Right. It's not in the activities. Happiness is that you feel the happiness that's inside of you in those moments. It's always there for you to feel. And so now it's just that if you can't participate in those activities, what other activities do help you to tap into the happiness that's inside? That this summer, I wasn't able to sit outside at a patio at a restaurant, but it's not the patio at the restaurant that was making me feel happy. It's that I was sitting on my back patio in my backyard this summer with my drink and still feel very happy, even though I wasn't at the restaurant, because it's not me being at the restaurant that made me happy. It was me being in this moment, being very present, looking at the nature around me, enjoying my drink. I had some music going. And you know, it's sometimes I'd be with company, sometimes not. In those moments, I was feeling the peace and happiness inside of me, setting up a situation that allows me to feel that. Your happiness toolkit is knowing about what all of those different things are that can help align you back to who you really are. So those books that help to like motivate and inspire you, those podcasts that you like to listen to, that playlist of songs that as soon as you put those on, you're like, yeah you just like feeling it, right? You want to move. It's like that. It's maybe the exercise that you like to do. It's the walking of the dog. It's making time to play with your kids. It's the being in nature. It's the cooking. It's the writing. It's the art. It's the dancing. It's all of those things that you know that as soon as you engage in that, all of a sudden, you can start to feel the happiness that's inside of you. What the pandemic for me was that There were some activities that I thought were giving me a lot of happiness before the pandemic, and then they were taken away. And so I was like, hmm, am I feeling any less happy because I'm not able to participate in those things? And I realized I wasn't less happy So that then helped me to realize that the things that I thought were bringing me happiness really didn't bring me all that much happiness. What the pandemic then gave me was open windows to find other things that also make me happy. So if anything, my toolkit has gotten bigger to say, not only am I like all these things helped me to tap in with the happiness inside of me, but I have lots more now. That's right because it gave me time to explore other things that helped me to tap into the happiness that's always there inside, knowing what that toolkit is. And then part of it is making time to do those things. So we could know that hanging out with friends makes us happy exercise makes us happy cooking makes us happy drawing makes us happy. we know those things help us to feel happy. Now we have to make time in our schedule to do that. And that's how I know when my spiritual self is talking to me, or my emotional self is that, you're not using your toolkit as much as you should because I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling uh, less patient. I'm mm-hmm. feeling tired. I'm not feeling as energized. I'm not feeling excited about my work. Being in situations that maybe usually make me feel really excited, I'm not because I'm not making time for those things in my toolkit. It's really like number one, knowing what those are. And if you're working 80 to 100 hours a week, it's hard for you to follow your bliss when you're in your work so much. Is about knowing what they are and making time for them.
1: I love that. It's the question that I've had posed to me by other people is, are you on your to-do list? That's a great question for me to think about because I'm very much of a giver and a helper, and I don't always remember to schedule the time for me. I'm sure there's some listeners that can relate to that. And I really want to thank you, Teresa, for all that you've shared with us. You've really provided a roadmap to self-discovery and happiness, not just happiness, but self-discovery as well. I wonder before we close, if there's anything you'd like to add to what you've already talked about. I would just
0: say just to tag on to what you just said about making time for me, that ties into the self-love and self-care, that self-care is one of the ways that we can show ourselves self-love and that it's important for us to make sure that we're doing that because ultimately the gift we give to ourselves is actually a gift to others. When our cup is full and it actually needs to be overflowing, not even just full, that overflowing for ourselves, then we have an abundance to give to others that we can't be our optimum self unless our cup is full and overflowing. And so it's important for us to recognize that If I see myself less patient, more agitated, more angry, more cranky that I'm not giving to myself the way that I need to because I know that when I am, I don't behave like that. And then I'm a better person in the world. I'm a better mother. I'm a better partner. I'm a better teacher. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter. I'm a better, lots of different things when my cup is overflowing. And I know that when my body is speaking to me in that way, I'm not giving to myself the way that I need to. That's why it's important for us to always listen to how our body is communicating to us. What is our physical self saying? Right now I have stiff neck and shoulders and I'm like, uh Oh, what is my physical? Self say to me, and the fact that I'm sleeping but not sleeping like as well as I usually do. So these are all signs that are saying, Teresa, things are off. That when we're in alignment, we feel good physically, we feel good emotionally, we feel good, and things flow in our life. But when things are chaotic and we don't feel good in different ways, things are not in alignment, and those are all cues. That we're supposed to take steps to bring us back to an alignment, whatever that is, whatever those things are that you know is providing you that chaos. In order to bring us back to that love, peace and happiness, we need to make changes and we need to evaluate, take a step back. And that just kind of brings us full circle to like how I started. It gave me an opportunity to take a step back and reevaluate my life. We need to do that sometimes that when we feel that we're not our life and ourselves are not in alignment to take that step back and say, "Mm, what changes do I need to make? And the beginning of the year is such a great time to do that, right? Is to take that step back and say, okay, what do I want this new year to be like for myself? How is it going to serve my emotional, mental, physical, and
1: spiritual self? Yeah, that's beautiful. What services do you offer, Teresa? And do you have anything coming up to share with our audience? Thank you. I'm
0: a writer. So I contribute to five different magazines. I also have a weekly internet show called the Steps to Happiness show that airs on Soul Liberty TV, which is on soullivity.com. But it also airs on YouTube on Soul Liberty Magazine. So you can find all episodes of my show there where we talk about the different ways that we can connect and nurture our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual selves. I have different guests where we talk about different topics, very similar to what we talked about today, but a little bit more. We talk about more of those principles and practices on my show. So you can definitely connect with me there. I share a lot of that same content on my Instagram page, which is Teresa Greco underscore steps to happiness. And that's Teresa with no H. So again, Teresa Greco underscore steps to happiness. I'm also on Facebook, you can find me at Steps to Happiness with Teresa Greco. And you can find me on my website as well, which is TeresaGreco.ca, where I have all of my services available there. And upcoming, I am a part of a virtual event called Empower 2022 with Solivity and you can find more details about that event. Basically, it's a one day event with 15 different speakers, a full day virtual, which is great, very inexpensive to participate. So if you go to soullivity.com, you can find more information about Empower 2022.
1: Teresa, I really want to thank you so much for everything that you've offered today. I feel your openness, your genuineness, and truly your happiness. It's been wonderful to have you as a guest. I could talk to you for hours, but unfortunately, we only have these little bit of time. I may be asking you back one day. Thank you so much. I would love that. Thank you. It's truly my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I hope you join me next week when I'll be talking with Tim Pedigo about mindfulness. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then.
0: This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.